Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Spokesperson for the American College of Emergency Physicians. She's Dr. Lee. And the Dr. Lee Vinoker Show. Hi, and welcome back to the show. There is this controversy or there's this movement called No Poo, the question of shampooing. Is it uh, not shampooing? Is that actually better for your hair? And my next expert, Dr. Angela Lamb, is the director of Westside Mount Sinai Dermatology Faculty Practice, and she's here to talk to us about this trend. And I have heard about it. Um, I have close friends that have super, super curly hair and, uh, um, you know, they'd go to these salons, uh, that would tell them, you know, it's the shampoo. If you want your hair not to be frizzy and just to be these beautiful, soft, curly locks, shampoo's your enemy. So what have you been seeing in your practice? Well, you know, I think the key is it really depends on the type of hair you have As you mentioned, folks with curlier hair really can get away with less shampooing. Um, Mostly that's just because of the way the hair curls and how the oils kind of come down the hair. So every time you shampoo, technically you're taking off all of the natural um, oils as well as any dirt. So sometimes those oils are really helping us. They're helping to keep the hair soft, shiny, moisturized. And if you're stripping them too often, then yes, uh, what your hair is going to look like in the mirror is um, sort of a frizzy mess. Right. And and I guess, you know, also there are people that naturally have drier hair. Um, so I would think that if your hair is already a little bit drier or you don't really have oily hair, then shampooing less is the way to go. Uh, exactly. So similar to the uh, face, there are oil glands, sebaceous glands on the scalp, and everybody has a different amount, and they produce a different amount of oil. So to your point, if you have drier hair, well, then it doesn't really necessitate all of that shampooing. Now, um, I think there are definitely some extremes that people are going to, you know, only shampooing once a month, um, which I think, you know, (laughs) for most folks, particularly if you exercise or in the summer months, that's not quite enough um, because uh, in addition to the oils, there's bacteria on our skin and in our scalp, and it really does need to be rinsed off um, regularly. Yeah, once a month, I would hope they're showering more often exactly. than that. <laughs> and shampooing is not the issue. We're going back to the Middle Ages there. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's true. And I think in different times in, in women's life, I mean, I have fine hair. I always hate it. But even as I've gotten older, you know, the oil, it used to be oily. We had to wash it every day to look good. It's true. It looks the best when I wash it that day and do something with it. But the next day, I mean, I I don't, I don't shampoo my hair every day anymore Mm -hmm. because as I've gotten older and changed and hormones affect your hair. So those things Mm -hmm. happen too. No, exactly. And, um, you know, I also think it depends on lifestyle. So I have a lot of patients that if you exercise, some people exercise once, twice a day. Well, that's a lot of sweat, a lot right. of salt buildup on your hair, and then that in turn attracts a lot of dirt. So they're the types of folks that, you know, once a week probably is not going to be enough for them. But then there are other options that are out there like these non-wetness um, type shampoos, these dry shampoos. Uh-huh. Um, those are also a nice options that can kind of stretch the shampoos out. So instead of maybe every day, you can do every other day if you're using a, a waterless uh, detergent on your hair. Yeah, those are great. I, I've tried those sprays that really um, help 
get a, rid of some of the oil and the dirt mm-hmm. that attracts it, but it, it can puff up your hair a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, and then you see on the market, I mean, what do you recommend to patients there? You know, detergent does strip your hair. There are a lot of sh- products out there that talk about, well, they're, you know, they don't have detergent, you know, or should you even just be wetting your hair in the shower, but not putting anything in it and, and then styling it or? So, yes, exactly. The new thing that I've been seeing out the trend is that these non, these sulfate-free uh, types of shampoos, there are different types of emulsifying agents that are put into shampoos. So they all have detergents if you look on the back, but there are different types. And some mm-hmm. of those are more stripping than others. So the concept behind sulfate-free shampoos is that one of the harsher detergents, the sulfate type, so there's sodium lauryl sulfate, you know, sulfate this or that, um, all of these uh, sophisticated scientific names, but if you take that out, they're not quite as stripping. Uh, So certainly you can try to avoid the sulfates, and that helps also color to stay in a little bit longer, but almost every shampoo has some type of detergent in it. It's just how harsh of a detergent do you want. Mm, Okay. And the people that sometimes are just using um, regular soaps or anything, those I imagine must be even harsher for your hair. No, exactly. And then, you know, what they put in shampoos as well, it's not only the detergent, but they tend to put other moisturizing agents and then other glossers, things that kind of coat the hair. So, you know, when you're using a shampoo, you're not just cleaning, but they often often throw in so many other things, and that tends to determine often how expensive the shampoo is. The more expensive, higher-end ones tend to contain more things in them that, in addition to the washing, add things to your hair that make them feel more supple, soft, or whatever um, end point you're trying to get to. Yeah, and what do you say? I mean, sometimes it's hard to tell, you know, what's good, what's safe. I know there's a big controversy with that famous shampoo company Mm -hmm. that people are saying (laughs) they're losing their hair, um, you know, and it's I'll say it's a controversy, you know, when is the product, but they do a lot of hard marketing on TV Mm -hmm. and such. So, you know, I guess the jury is still out. I don't know if you've seen any uh, patients that were complaining of that. Um, I have talked to oh, some people that yeah. have. But how do you how do you protect yourself? Or you you sort of really can't. You just have to. Yeah, you know, I think ultimately, uh, here's what I tell folks. You know, people often ask me, well, which brands? You know, I do have a few go-to brands, but in general, I tell folks, you know, look for something that smells good. Um, look for something, certainly, as we discussed earlier, if you don't want something quite as stripping or you're trying to preserve your color uh, treatment that you have in your hair, try to stay um, with the sulfate-free types of brands. Um, but also, you know, if you know you've had a reaction to something, so if you feel like after you've used it, your hair um, became more brittle or you had some hair loss, frankly, just avoid that. Um, nice. And sadly, there, there isn't any one brand that I say over another. It's really based on your hair and how it reacts to the shampoo. Right. And you shouldn't be shampooing your hair and then suddenly have your scalp hurting oh, or itching or not. anything. Right. <laughs> absolutely that's, not. That's a sign that something is going on with the exactly. shampoo. Exactly. And most of the brands, do you know, I mean, cosmetics are a little bit uh, regulated, so they're not supposed to have extremely harsh things in them. Isn't that true through the FDA? Yes, they definitely all have to be um, tested. Uh, But at the end of the day, I mean, there's actually even differences between what's allowed in cosmetic products in the UK versus the United States. So it's not like there's a global consensus on um, what 
uh, we can include. Mostly it's things that, you know, have been tested um, that don't, that, that aren't known to be carcinogens on the skin, um, aren't, or aren't known to be very um, common contact allergens. But besides that, you know, pretty much even things that are formaldehydes or in the formaldehyde family are commonly used in most cosmetics. So again, if you were to drink those things, it's a problem. <laughs> but if you put it on your skin, we pretty much say we just don't have a lot of studies that these cause any long-term problems. So they are permitted. Huh. Okay. Well, that's some very good uh, information to um, to know and and take to. And I think uh, you know, I think most women are pretty savvy at this point on. Uh, how to do their hair and exactly. and what works best for their <laughs> hair. But uh, it's good to know. I want to uh, thank my guest, Dr. Angela Lamb, who is the director of Westside Mountain, Mount Sinai uh, Dermatology Practice. And uh, I think, you know, the controversy is still going on, whether you should shampoo or not. But I, I have to say, there's a lot of science behind uh, a bad hair day. So I think you need to do whatever um, makes you feel the best about your hair. That's why um, I believe that there's health from the outside in. Uh, where feeling good can actually start with looking good. And the things that we do to make us uh, look and feel good on the outside actually um, are good for you on the inside. So this is the Dr. Lee Van Oker Show on Radio MD. Stay tuned into your health. 